Good morning on this Thursday morning, March 14th, 2019. Seeking the Lord, sitting here this morning. Seeking the Lord for to know Him better, to understand Him, to learn about Him, to focus on Him and His voice in His direction for this particular season of my life and this waiting on Him. By the way, I ain't got that down patch yet waiting. If anybody answers, uh, knows what it truly means to wait on the Lord. Want to help a brother out? Go ahead and, uh, <laughs> come to me and help me out. I believe the Lord would have you do that. But as I was pondering something, it's like the Spirit led me to something else, led me to another prayer. Um, uh, similar passion. When the Lord, Begins to open our eyes and he prunes us and he cleanses us. That's, by the way, that's a uh, never ending process. Once we truly surrender to, uh, God through the Lord Jesus Christ, when we give him everything, when we acknowledge, Lord, I want to be saved by the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you surrender everything. Give our possessions ourselves, first of all. Possessions ourselves, even our family. We say, Lord, they're all you. They're all from you, Father God. Um, even you know our dreams, our goals, our plans, even our world. We says, Lord, not not my will, but Thy will be done. Uh, Jesus set the example for that in the garden when He says, "Uh oh, in the flesh I'm not gonna be able to do this. I'm gonna go to the cross. Look at the pain it's gonna have to do. I'm gonna rip off my flesh, my beard. It's just like I'm gonna put nails in my uh, hands and feet to the cross, and we'll die. <laughs> but we all know in that guy that's when surrender says Father not my will but thy will so he was in the flesh and he was still God he is still God he was then he was in the beginning he was back then 2000 years ago he still is and he always will be God so that ain't gonna change uh, but it's like led me over here to Second Timothy chapter 3 this is the context. It's like verse 7, but before that, it's talking about, uh, probably have to go back to, it's under, basically the context is talking about warning about false teachers. Uh, God told Paul to write to Timothy one last time. You know, this was his last, maybe it was possibly his last letter before God called him home. Um, but it's, when he looks at the words, verse 5, having the appearance of godliness but denying the power, avoid such people. He's definitely your false teachers out there because they, they appear to be godly, but they're not. See, externally, that's what the Pharisees were when um, Jesus himself exposed them. People didn't know that. Um, you know, they would come in there, they would trust the uh, religious leaders, and they would think, okay, well, they, they must, you know, they're appointed by God. They're teaching His Word. We assume they're right. They didn't know that they had gone astray. They were teaching their their own desires. They were doing it to keep their power to um, to retain control, retain their standing in the community and in the religious uh, house. Um, I don't want to go deep in that one out there. But denying the power, we cannot walk, breathe. We cannot do anything. We can't even breathe. Uh, we can say, well, we go to the doctors, uh, you know, the hospital out there, and they'll put a mask on us. 
If that doesn't want breath to come into there, he's not gonna allow it. <laughs> it's just like, he can close off the lungs, but it's just like naturally he don't want to do that, so, uh, until it's at a point of time to leave this earth. When God formed this in the wombs, took the, uh, took the seed, what was in, took what was in, uh, our daddies, combined it with what, what God put in, created in, in our mamas, and then he formed us into what he wanted us to be, what he desired us to be, whether it's male or female. Um, we can say, well, man, not as a pill now. We can to get a son or get a daughter. All right, ain't gonna happen. Yeah, you can think all you want, and you can pay all the money if you want. That's stupid thinking. That's solely foolish. You know, a true Christian won't say stuff like that. We know we're from God. Um, it comes in with an appointment. The first appointment is to grow up, hopefully. You know, if we're not in a godly household, doesn't matter. God can still lead us to those that will preach Jesus Christ to us. Whatever it is. You know, he, he can order circumstances to bring us to himself to hear the word. Whether we receive it, again, that's our choice. We're given that free will. Um... God won't give up. He'll keep sending us until at the point where, you know what? You're going to keep rejecting. That's what revelation is. That's the judgment once you have eventually those people rejected. He says, you know what? You want to do your own thing? Go your own way, which is usually hell. But God doesn't stop. He doesn't give up. It's just like even then when we read revelation during that time, he's hoping they repent. And turn towards him. I understand this is you. You're getting my attention. Thank you, Lord. You did all possible. He puts to He allows um, different circumstances to come into our life. He you to get our attention to show. Hello, it's me. I'm God. You trust in me and lean on your own understanding. I am the way. I have the way. Let me put you on the narrow path, and, and then we walk with you. Then he they even he even comes down and abides in us, in us and him, and then for now for Christians we're listening to him. We seek him to know him better. That's an eternal thing. We're gonna spend have an eternity still getting to know him. But guess what? That's an eternity. It's endless at that point. Now we have an endless altar. We only have a short time here upon the earth. It could be, well, I'm going to live to be a hundred. That's still a short time compared to eternity. But these are people here. They were listening to the false teachers. Obviously, they had control over a lot of people. You know, that's warning for among them. They're saying for among them, those who creep. These are the parents of godliness versus people. These are false teachers. For among them, they crept in the households and kept their weak women. Now, first and foremost, Satan goes went after Eve first. Went after he he tempted Sarah uh, to doubt God going to give the child. Different circumstances. I mean, he did it with men too. It's just like uh, Job's wife. They knew the right way at that point because it's okay. We had husbands that were godly following him, and they were even following after godly. Because Second Peter, I believe, over the talks, you know, was lift you. Know, God lifted up Sarah to say she she loved God and she respected her husband Abraham out there. Don't say anything about her mistakes because she obviously must have confessed and repented because she turned from it. She didn't do it again. Um... 
for when she said that, she says, well, go ahead and take my servant, Hagar, my concubine, Hagar. No, 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 no. God said he's going to bring it by the act of her and Abraham. You know, the act that's always only supposed to be done between husbands and wife. God keeps bringing me back to that one for some reason. So, some need to hear that. Mm-mm. If you ain't married, sex don't even need to be a part of your picture. Don't even need to be a thinking. The devil can keep trying to tempt us because we're still in these fleshy bodies. But as long as we keep looking at the way of escape, the way of escape is Jesus Christ. Satan's temptation comes, but if we're Christians, you know, not Christians, the way of escape is still Jesus Christ. We can say, wait a minute, this ain't of you, God. I'm looking at your word. But again, these women, burdened with sins, they're led astray by the passions. That's exactly how Satan does it. He comes in, looks at our passions, looks at our desires. He's not omnipotent. He's not, he can't be over here, say, in California and see the East Coast, you know, however. The, his angels, a third of the angels that he took um, down with him. Basically, we know the Bible calls them demons in one respect. You know, they're his, and then then he's got his children of disobedience. Um, now, did he have children per se? No, it's those that are against God, those that are not yet believers, not not yet born again. Those are the ones that God, through us, Sends out to proclaim the gospel to show, and then to show. Well, we're not leaving God now. You know, He's enlightened us. He showed us the way. No matter what, we can lose everything down here. We're contented with what we have. God will give you what we need. He'll open the job door. He'll, if He wants you to have a house, He'll raise up the funding somehow to get it. Debt is basically something where. Yeah, we believe that's what God wants. We're just going to go ahead and do it. We're going to trust Him that 30 years down the road, He'll always provide us that monthly payment. Will He? Think of that concept. God doesn't say, well, we'll go ahead and buy it now and pay for it. That's the prosperity, health, and gospel. And somebody said, well, go ahead and just trust in your provision. Trust in your paycheck. Trust in everything but God. We can look at moments in scripture when they trusted in God for healing. He didn't say, well, go ahead and go to this side, to go to this side, to go to that. He didn't say that. Sometimes he may go into there, let me use that hand. And so it's like the doctor eventually, if his eyes are open to Jesus Christ, he goes and says, that wasn't me. doctor can sense that his hands or her hands were being moved by a force Beyond himself, a power beyond himself. Satan ain't gonna heal somebody. He wants that person to die on that table before, to take away their last breath before they can call on the name of Jesus. He wants us to die before we get to that point. God wants us to receive Him first. And it may be that's why those sometimes, doctor can be the most qualified in the world, cancer specialist, but if God's ready to take that person home, no amount of medical fit, no amount of money, no amount of nothing will happen. That doctor goes, I don't understand how I lost that patient. If the doctor is a Christian, it was that person's appointed time. James even said, we are a vapor, a moment of time. Oh, that was a spirit that wasn't even on my mind. Okay, back to this one. 
Too far, you know, that was a lesson for somebody. I don't know who needed to hear it. I need a reminder of it. We always need reminders. If we're not getting reminders from God and from those He sends across our path with His Word, we need to consider them. Go, but go to the Word. Young people that are, you know, my young people in the Lord that God had appointed for during that season for me to lead you into His Word. Remember the words that God also put upon my heart from His Word to say, don't take my word for it. Go to the Bible. Open it up and confirm that what I said. Because I'm a human body. We are all prone to mistakes. If we, if anyone, a pastor or you know, little old me that ain't nothing, um, ever says, uh, well, we spend enough time with the Lord. We don't make mistakes. Uh, I flee from that person. I flee from me at that point because none of us are immune to making mistakes as long as we're in these temporary fleshly bodies, as long as the fleshly nature is also still in there. God doesn't remove that fleshly nature right away when it comes to salvation. But we grow in spiritual wisdom and understanding. We grow in the wisdom and knowledge of God. That's the point of verse 7. I think it took too long. Always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ. Truth, eternity is wisdom and knowledge of God through Jesus Christ. Um, what he, like, it's like what he's speaking to me, spoke to me, you know, last church they have a plethora, plethora of Bible studies. That's a, Bible studies can be a good thing. However, if they're only trying to apply scripture to fleshly nature, mm-mm, those Bible studies are not of God. Uh, if we're trying to apply the word to situations, instead, there is applications through the word, but the applications must come out of God's word. It must be properly, you know, a point of time, you need to go here, you need to go there. But as I say, we don't bring our plans, our goals into the Word of God to say, Lord, justify this. No, 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 no. We do that. But always learning that the people that are in, yeah, this mentioned women here out there, but however, we, once we come to Christians, um, we are the body of Christ, humanity, and it's like looking at, um, Jesus is a man, not a woman. Uh, so it's like, um, Jesus is not gay, just going after man. It's the men and women were one under him. The body of Christ, though it may sound like, you know, we're, we actually the bride of Christ. Now we can look, okay, wait, a bride's only a woman. No, 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 no. When we look in it in God's eyes, yes, a bride in the Bible, I mean a bride in reality, get a husband and a wife, Man, woman, when we're looking at the fleshly nature, yes, that is correct. I don't care what the world's saying. Well, husband could be a man or a woman. A husband, your wife could be a man. No, 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 no. That, you know, gay marriage is not of God. There's nothing in scripture that supports that, period. But from the Bible sense, from God's sense, we are the bride of Christ, whether we're physically a man or a woman, we're one in Christ out there. That yeah, there's still a differentiation. There's still an order between male and female. That part doesn't change and it won't change. But we got two natures now. 
got two understandings. We got wisdom that we learn from government schools or even, unfortunately, a lot of private schools that teach according to the flesh instead of according to the, what the Spirit of God says. We're always learning. They, these people here that are doing it in as many amongst us now, they'll go to a ton of Bible, they'll go to a Bible study every single day, but they still never come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Think back, back to Matthew, what came to mind also was Matthew 25, um, talking about the ten virgins. They were both waiting for the Lord, anticipating His arrival. You know, they fell asleep, obviously were work, fleshy bodies, you know, the, Twelve, well, eleven disciples actually. At that point, Jews was gone, and the guy they were so tired, physically tired, from you know, for the last three years, rigorous work working for the Lord. Um, if we do it in our own strength, yeah, we're gonna get tired. But at the end of our days, uh, if we work nights, at the end of that night, we're physically tired. We're spent if we're truly working and not just spending all our time smoking our smoke breaks or all our time eating or all our time socializing we're working you know we're striving we're working unto the Lord to get the work done we're going to get physically tired we're going to have to go to bed you know we can't you know God designed these bodies to to need rest and he gives us rest when our rest is in him um, then he'll use that time of rest to comfort us give us the rest and obviously use, use it to speak. Um, wait a minute, my iPad just went quiet here. Um, but always learning. So are you, believe God's talking to somebody, you go to all these Bible studies, but you still don't hear God's voice. You're still not learning God's voice. Samuel was given over back in the left tree to the priest to serve God, to the work of God. You know, Hannah, his mother, promised him that if you will give me a child, you know, I can't remember if he had first son or not, you know, mm-hmm. if you give me a child, then I'll come in him over to you. That's what we do when, you know, when husbands and wives that have a child, uh, they commit them to the Lord to do his work out there, you know, it's just like, but if they just, you know, so bad, so many people want a child so bad, they'll do whatever necessary. I mean, they'll, they'll follow the flesh, they'll, have sex outside of marriage and say, well, you know what? Well, I don't want to have sex outside of marriage. So I just adapt the child. Someone says, a child, and you're single. I said, that child is not knowing a mother or a father. Yeah, if the guy adopts to raise a child, that could be a commendable thing. You know, there's mentoring, the discipleship programs out there. You know, when a man's saying, well, I don't have a father in the house, so I haven't heard the Lord say, you know, if his mother's divorced, you know, Disciple that child. You know, they come to church out there, you know, teach a class over the board specifically for that. Or the YMCA or whatever. Yeah, I'm not necessarily, that's a bad thing. However, you need to be set an example out there to say, this is what a godly household looks like. Mother, father in the house, not worried about TV, not just going to work, making money out there, you to to keep an overpriced house. Because every single house on the face of this earth is now overpriced. It's wicked man and woman. It's sinful man and woman that is saying, Oh yeah, the house will be worth this down the Lord. The people that say things or their actions say things like that do not know God in His Word. We are blessed to have all the scriptures now. 
Genesis through Revelation. We can go to Revelation and clearly see and hear the Lord speak to us to say everything on this earth will pass away and will be burnt up. It's gone. It's useless. So if we're chasing after material things down here, sinking the money that God's given us, whether it's a lot or a little, and material, just material things, we are sinning against God. Those that teach otherwise have strayed. They've gone in, they have the love of money so ingrained in their soul that it needs to be removed. When we get that to that point, when we had that sin, when we have a culture our fleshly culture so ingrained in our souls. Um, yeah, only God can remove it. We may still be in the same culture. We may still, you know, have the money. But then we become, Stuart, for the money end of it, when we get that ingrained as a stronghold and we dwell there. Stronghold is a dwelling place. It's a place that we live at. Um, when it's a particular sin that came in as a child, it will stick with us until God removes it. We can't move it. No counselor in the world can remove it. When that love of money is so ingrained, that's why we're warned saying it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. It's not money itself. Because the money itself, when we look at it as a stewardship, it can be so grand. But when we get that stronghold, if we, for those that had that Stronghold, the soul that had that love of money don't need to be teachers until God removes it. That's a strong thought. And there's a lot of ministers out there that have that stronghold to get more money, to teach for money, to teach for sake. Not to say, surrender to God. God, I can't teach this word. It's only you. They believe and they know for a fact that they're called by God, they're anointed by God. But it's not them doing a the teaching. Say, God, let me decrease and let only what you want to say come out and come through. So again, verse 7. Are you always going to Bible studies? But it's like you don't seem to be making progress. You don't seem your progress is not necessarily being able to apply it accurately um, in your life. And helping those that are with you to apply it to their lives so that we all get to the point where we obey um, God through Jesus Christ. <sighs> um, we need to, um, they should be coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They themselves and we ourselves need to be learning His voice, knowing which way to go, what to do, what God wants to do. We, if we're not get, if that's not the goal of the Bible study, then it needs to cease. If that's not the purpose, if you always got a bunch of people there, they keep coming back, but they're never growing in the wisdom and knowledge of the Lord. They're never stepping out on what God is calling them to do, what's them to call them to do. Another reminder that when in First Corinthians chapter three, Paul uh, was talking about God to warn the people, saying, "I cannot come to you as spiritual people." We're still in the flesh. They still had to have the milk of the word. It's like babies. They start with the milk of their mamas. Um, they're not ready. You can't give a baby a steak yet. No child can go and eat a steak or a hamburger uh, or a hot dog or whatever it is. They can eat meat or a lobster. Dang, that's my weakness. Uh, lost my like. 
I'm not gonna buy it because I can't afford it and I don't need it. Um, but you know the point. Um, no baby can eat that kind of food yet. First, I don't even have any teeth. Uh, we don't have a teeth when that age. We have to start with milk. However, we don't live only on milk. Actually, we need more water than milk. Actually, those that tell you otherwise. Um, I said, and the next said, well, you need vitamins, you need drugs. This is, no, we need Jesus. We're not training the kids up, you know. That's not to say every single child. God wants every single child to come to knowledge of the saving grace. He wants child and adults. We're all children of God, whether we're ninety years old or nine. But until the child needs to know what's right and wrong, that's where no is properly applied. You don't say no for the sake of saying no. You know, so that's what a kid should be learning. A child should be learning, saying, well. You say no, but why? I said, why shouldn't I touch that electric stove burner that's orange? It looks pretty. It looks cool. Let me see what's, yeah, go ahead and touch it. I find out what you're going to do. I did that. That's just like, you can say no, but a lot of times we're going to do it anyway. So it says, okay, I know what that no meant now. <laughs> that means it was bad for me, not just for the sake of, because you're the parent saying no. Mm-mm-mm. When we're, tra- if we were trained up right, that's called correction. If we are parents or even those appointed leaders over them, if we are not correcting those under us, those that God has allowed under us, we're basically, one, we're showing that we don't love them enough to correct them. That's first and foremost. The Bible's clear on that. And the one, you know, the parents or those that are over them are as guilty before God as they are, they're gonna go down astray. They're gonna go, to, but if they correct them and they refuse the correction, well, then it's then it's on them. Uh, but sometimes God will allow us to get hurt to learn too. He'll bring us through the storm, saying, "Okay, you don't want to listen for the correction. Okay, let's go something else then." You, know, he won't bring anybody to destruction because that's not God's purpose. He will if we keep rejecting him. That's what revelation. That's what his judgment. He's still a judge. He's still the righteous judge. So sin has to be judged. Jesus Christ took the penalty for us, but we, you know, we gotta receive him. We gotta apply for him. After me, okay, well, Jesus did it all. We're gonna receive him. You still gotta believe in him. You still gotta believe in his name. You still got a choice. After I say, well, it's not done. I can do whatever I want. That's one of the biggest teachings that the church today is caught up in. Saying, well, he did it all. You still, still gotta know him. John 17, chapter 3. Eternal life is to know God. When we get to heaven, we're going to be with Him all the time. We're going to see Him all the time. We're going to spend time with Him. Do we want to spend time with Him now? Now we have to go into prayer and Bible study because He's speaking through here. But, you know, if, if, so if God is appointed you to learn the Bible study, that's probably the reason that that season when He told me, "You're done." Okay, then, you know, maybe I've started astray. I was too busy looking for physical work. I was here. I was actually led astray, uh, in one respect, but I chose to listen to the wrong counsel, the counsel that have, has gone astray from the Lord to say, well, you gotta focus on making money. You gotta focus on meeting your own personal needs. Too bad that's not even a scripture, but I believed it. We can so much believe those are friends. I'm not saying they're all wrong, but when they say something and we ourselves don't look at the Bible, whether it's on our phones or iPads or 
whatever device or Android devices or whatever they, or you know, your physical Bible so we can disconnect from that one. If we ourselves are checking it, if we're going online because we're traveling or for work, we can't always carry the Bible out there. You know, our hands have to be available to do the work that God's allowed us to do during that particular time. Then we got our phones. At lunchtime, you can sit down, um, or if you chose to take a bake. I don't necessarily agree with breaks myself. Lunchtime, yes. For that time. But I don't, I mean, I'd rather use that time to get the work done. You know, most states don't have breaks that'll be requirement. Lunchtimes are, but breaks are usually not. You know, then we got that time there, then we can access, see that's where the good part of the phones, everybody thinks, well cell phones, um, smartphones are all bad. No, not if you use it as a stewardship for God. God may raise up to saying, you're reading the Bible? I says, yes, I know it's the truth. God's the only truth. His way is narrow path. It says, I don't choose my own path. I want to listen to him and see where he, he keeps me in the narrow path. That's the first and foremost path, basically. But along that path, where he wants me to be, who he wants me to be to, to put people in a path that need to hear the gospel, need to hear the truth. We got so many people out there that, uh, Gone and coming into churches or coming to church people, the body of Christ themselves, they're coming not even in the buildings, but they're coming to them to says, I, on my ears, I was attending church, but I wasn't here the truth. I was going to Bible studies, but it's, it still don't make sense. I've met people, the religion I currently was, that read the Bible, and they think it's right, but now they believe um, that they can do whatever they want. They can do their own goals. Too bad that's not in Scripture. If we're truly, eyes have been opened to Jesus Christ, then we know He's the way. That's a lot of problems. Is you got a lot of churches out there that are saying, you know, go seek after money, seek after yourself, take care, just like this teaching, false teachings out there that say God only helps those and helps themselves. Unless you know Jesus Christ um, and you're in His Word, listening to Him, studying His Word, you won't come to the knowledge, the truth, that that line is not in the Bible. Nowhere in there are we told God helps those and helps themselves. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. There's none righteous when we ignorantly and stupidly, okay, that's not a word, I'm sorry, foolishly tell people, well, you're a good person, or you're, you're a good man, you're a good woman. There's none good. Jesus even said he wasn't good. Why are you calling me good? There's none good but God, and he is God. <laughs> but in that particular moment, in that particular time, he was in, he was in the flesh like us. He was in the, uh, but he never sinned. The rest of us, we we go sin. If we say we never sin now, we're growing enough in the Lord where we don't make mistakes. Uh, I flee from people like that because that person is doing the work of Satan. They're hearing Satan instead of God because we are. There's no one, none of us are moon to sin. That's the warning we need to remember. We need to fear God. I to say, Lord, don't let me speak wrong. If I open my mouth, if you're pouring on my mouth, don't let the wrong stuff come out. I. Prayed sometimes, I obviously wasn't God's will, that he just caused my tongue to fall out so I can't speak. But then, same token, if he did that, I couldn't accurately proclaim the gospel message. So, 
Are you always going to Bible studies and never coming to knowledge of the truth? Are you always reading? You know, are you only listening to what that man, um, that false woman is standing in that puppet saying every week? Or are you opening the word to verify it yourself? They don't want to open the word. And that's God. God, show me the truth. However, it's a warning, but it's a true warning of God. When people tell you, saying, you don't need to read the Bible. You have to, you come to me every week, you know, I'll tell you the truth. You see people tell you that? Um, I had a, again, I've shared this other times, a couple times now, um, I was actually warned to say, um, if those that are under us, um, uh, those that were serving, those that were teaching, come to you and ask you about a particular person or about a particular teaching you just heard, um, is it accurate? Send them to the leader instead of um, opening the scriptures. What the Lord had me to do was saying, I'm not going to give an opinion because that would be wrong and not be of God. I would grab a Bible and says, let's open it up and look at the scripture and see if it fits within the context, if it's accurate, if the wording. Now, I'm not looking just a wording because, again, any of us can you know, remember, I'm not into Bible memorization. I've yet to find that in Scripture when you start to memorization. Jesus wants us to know Him. He wants us to know, know the Father. Uh, he wants us to know Him um, and learn His voice and trust in Him. But He will only speak through His Word. So, I hope that encourages you today and warned Warn those that God needed to warn. Heed the warning and bring to repentance. Uh, it definitely reminded me that going, and I'm not saying nothing's wrong with Bible says We should be doing that every day. We should be going to them somehow every day, whether even in the workplace. But if we're just going to work and putting a cover over it and hiding the Lord Jesus, we may not even know God. I don't see nobody's heart, so I can't say it, but God can. Uh, Lord, I just pray that don't let us fall for that. Don't let us go to constant Bible studies out there and still not know you. Father God, you let us get to the point where it's just you and I. Lord, save, open, open their eyes right now. Cause scales as you did, uh, Saul before you changed his name to Paul. Cause scales to fall from their eyes. Cause it to be so clear to them. Father God did say, you know, I'm foolishly going to all these Bible studies and what am I hearing? I'm hearing flesh stuff. I'm here step eight in the flesh. You know, just try and be a good person. We're not even told to be a good person. We're told to be a uh, child of God, obedient to Him. Be capable of my obedience and sacrifice. Uh, Father God, I pray that you open your eyes. I pray that you will save those that need to be saved. Father God, I pray that you rebuke those. Rebuke's not a bad thing. You know, to correct those that are in error, Father God, and bring them to the knowledge of you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the spiritual wisdom and understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you all.